Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by Record Sport Online duo, Double Act, Mark McDougall and Callum Loudon. Look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discuss the Betfred Cup semi-final demolition of Hearts on Sunday. We'll look ahead to another battle with Porto in the Europa League at Ibrox this Thursday. And then what is a huge couple of days uh, following on from the Porto match is Livingston away. And some painful memories of that trip for last season. But first things first, guys. Welcome back on the podcast. Thanks. Cheers. Uh, let's look back at Sunday. What a uh, absolute total utter domination from Rangers, I would say. Uh, everyone was at the game. Um, a great occasion, packed Hamden, but uh, as bad and pretty awful as Hearts were, I think uh, Rangers looked really to be hitting top gear now. Mark, yeah. let's start with yourself. What was your summary of the game? Yeah, I thought I thought Rangers were brilliant. Like you said, uh, they were far away the better team. It was 3-0, but it could have been 6 or 7, I think, and nobody could have really complained. Uh Outrageous fans maybe were getting a wee bit frustrated in the first half when they were creating chances, but then get coming a wee bit unstuck in the final third. Uh, the goal before half time was huge. As soon as that went in, you just you knew the game was that over was there. Vital, wasn't it? Because you yeah. almost sometimes get the sense of frustration for last season again that you were dominating, dominating, pushing at the door, but we're not actually creating too many chances. Yeah. Um, I think Pereira and Hearts goal had two good saves, but comfortable saves. Another yeah. than that. Aye, you didn't. For all the domination, it didn't really look like Rangers were going to break through before half time. Yeah, when you look at the last five games Rangers have had, have they haven't even scored a goal. When it gets to forty-four, forty-five minutes, and they're struggling to create things, fans are starting to think, "Oh no, it's, it's happening again." But uh, it was a it was a great goal as well from Holanda. The defending was absolutely awful from that, Hearts, but uh, good finish for a centre back. Yeah, great finish for a centre back. Now it was a good run, a good run. Good run, run a good finish, says, I don't know what the Hearts defenders they all looked at each other as if they should have been going with them. I don't know who was actually marking them, but I he made the run. He put the finish in Morelos's inch perfect cross. I was a good goal. And that that yes. says a lot about Morelos though as well. He would, he would never have been out of that position to cross it in. Well, Ross County through the week last week, yeah. I think he was out there a lot, especially yeah. in the first half. He's, he's, he's definitely doing a lot. He's always been someone that's done a lot of work outside the box, but he's he's getting a final ball now as well. That's yeah, just I just think he's adding to his game every time I see him now. Yeah. It just he seems to be adding so many different faucets now. Like right. the assist, I've not seen that side of him before. Aye. So it's good to see. And Hollander's coming on to a game. You aiming that one at me, Cal? <laughs> a wee bit. I'm I think my lie. words at the start of the season were, is it the best £3 million spent? Do they need another central defender? Of course, you want as many options as you can in every yeah. area. I didn't think, I thought with Edmondson, who continues to impress me when he gets a shot, and uh, Katic and Goldson, they were well covered. However, Hellander has, uh, in, the, in the past week or two, come into his own. And I think now, especially as he's the only naturally left-footed 
centre half yeah. out four of them. I think he does deserve his place in the, the starting lineup now. It wasn't just you, but I think there was a few doubters for him. I don't for really me, know. It was more the press. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on Fraser's side. I wasn't sure about him. I've still not entirely convinced by him. I think he's maybe a bit too slow at times. Well, he's, he's got he, a he reads, to get, he reads the game well and, he, and all the rest of it, but there's times where you just feel that his pace is going to light him down. I think there was one stage. In fact, it was when Stephen McLean could have been sent off yesterday when he gave the ball away and then don't know what happened after that with McLean and all the rest of it, but uh, that, 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 that was the worrying bit for me is that he seems to struggle with pace and getting back when somebody breaks away from him. The doubt, I think, also coming in for Italy was that he seemed to be liable to one laps every game and maybe that's what you were suggesting there. Yeah. Look, Hearts weren't really a threat. No, it no. was pretty comfortable. Willem McGregor could have his slippers on behind uh, yeah. Goldson. Well, I think of one save that Albregger had to make all day. That says a lot because obviously Steve McQuaid is a good big striker. Uh, Nick Piazzo is a good striker that, who knows how to trouble Rangers defenders, but they dealt with. I can't believe you didn't well. start start him. Oh, well, that's, that, that was Hearts' problem. Well, that was a strange. Well, we strange spoke about it uh, in the podcast before the semi final uh, where Hearts going to change their tactics, and I said nah, they'll stay the exact same. But I really didn't expect it to be that poor for a semi final. Yeah. But then they sacked Craig Levine after that, so I suppose they just that was always going to change. Looked like they didn't believe they were going to win. Aye, maybe after five minutes. The first five minutes I actually turned around and said to the guys who were sitting next to you know, they're, they're going for this. It looked like they pushed three up. Mm. And then after maybe that three or four, five minute spell, they, just, they, they actually looked like they didn't know what they were doing. And uh, one of the most dangerous players, Machino, uh, was kind of caught in no man's land yeah I think especially after Glenn Whelan was uh, taken Aye. off injured they yeah. seemed to lose their, their balance in midfield yeah, Machine was dropping them. back yeah. but Rangers dealt with everything they had brilliantly uh, I thought Rangers, Rangers, midfield, was on the pitch. But Rangers midfield was excellent I thought I think Hart struggled to contain it Ryan Jack is really coming on to not coming on to he's just in the best form of his life he yes. said it himself didn't he and, but yeah. what, the, the quick feet good use of the ball Getting forward, winning tackles, he had everything yeah, again. There was one one tackle he made. I think it was about ten, fifteen minutes in, down in the corner, where he just went a brilliant tackle, snapped through the player, had the ball. Ended up, I think he won a throw in for Rangers off it, and it was just it summed up his game these days. He just he never stops. He's constantly going. He's all over the pitch, and he's doing everything brilliantly. He passes the ball well. He's on the ball. That's what's yeah. It really looks like he's enjoying mm. his game at the moment. He's, he's even skipping past players now. It's something aye, you would aye. never have seen Ryan Jack do in his career. He's it's been brilliant the development of him over the last year, probably the last year. I think even up to around December time last season, he wasn't at his best. But since then, he's just been outstanding. I want to give a shout to Glenn Kamara because I feel like he's maybe not been at his level as we saw last season. But I think he was back to his best in the semi-final. Like the way he kind of jinks around players, and I thought he played really well. Uh, and Stephen Davis, he's just—you know what you're going to get with Davis. Just consistent and great leadership in that midfield. The midfield three were excellent. For all Hearts were non-existent in there, I think it was partly because Rangers were so good. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Ryan's and Ryan skipping by people, <laughs> I thought Ryan Kent, especially in the second half, but to be fair for the whole game, he said a, a good running shot in the first half at the post. I thought he really looks like he's now getting back towards his best as well. Yeah. He was involved in both the second and third goal, the build-up for both the second and third goal. And um, yeah. aye, he gave Young uh, Arn Hickey a, a hell of a time out there. Yeah, it's the first time he's looked back to himself, I think. It's hard for players when they don't have a pre-season, and that was the worry we can't. He came back and he hadn't really been training. He got injured. 
it's going to disrupt him a wee bit, but uh, in the semi-final, he looked like he was back to his usual. Aye. Yeah, that showed why we just paid the money they did for him. I know last season we spoke about a lot about his stats weren't as good as they should be, but you would see that goal with the second goal. It's his run pass to Barisic that creates the opportunity for uh, Tavernio to end up cutting it back to Morelos uh, to score. Yeah. And also, he doesn't get an assist for that, he doesn't get anything. But it was a lot of it was down to his hard work and his ability to just beat a man. I mean, he goes past players so easily, it's it's frightening watching it sometimes. Yeah. Final word on a player to get past marks on Sunday. Uh, to be fair, I did the, the man markings, um, so any complaints <laughs> from the paper, send them my way uh, at Mark McDougall. <laughs> um, I thought James Tavernier, first few minutes, gave away the ball a couple of times, but grew into the game and by the second half, his crosses were on point yeah. again. He was getting up and down the park. Hopefully, thankfully, he's now starting to... His form and uh, confidence is now starting to go on an upward trajectory yeah. again after a, cu- a difficult couple of weeks. Yeah, he looks back to his old self that he did on Sunday. I mean, obviously, he'd had a hard couple of weeks. We spoke about it last week how he looked a bit nervous on Wednesday night at times, but he just was his usual self going forward. He was brilliant. Obviously, his heart didn't threaten much down the wing, but... I think they had Machino played out there, who's a really good player, and uh, didn't cause any problems all day. Yeah, and uh, that says a lot about Tavares' performance. Uh, the fans have his back. I think he knows that. Aye, I'd say so, definitely. Yeah, you obviously, obviously, always get the odd one here or there, but same at any club. Uh, Just mad. Advice he's dogged. Tavernier's dogged. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. seem to let things get to him too much. But uh, my advice to him just would be just don't stay off penalties for a while to have. Say it's worth it. Because one more miss, I just feel like fans would just get right back on him. You know, he doesn't need to keep stepping up to take those penalties yeah. to prove that he's captain material. Yeah. Um, let the responsibility go to your number one striker. You're going to have Morelos or Defoe on the park. They thrive in penalty boxes. Just let them take on that responsibility. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, we spoke a few times about his attacking. Uh, crossing stuff's not been the same this season but seen earlier today that he's got more assists at this stage of the season now than he did last year when he went on and ended up I think he's got something ridiculous like 18 or 18 assists and he's got more already this season so even though he's not been at his best he's had those one or two big errors I think maybe his loss of form is a wee bit <coughs> exaggerated because of those two or three massive errors uh, still going forward he's been the same usual to vary has been brilliant setting up chances and that's what Morelos thrives on especially my worry with James Tavenier is sometimes I think he focuses too much on attacking and I think it might mess with his head a wee bit and that's why he makes these mistakes and these lapses just focus on defending first and foremost first and foremost but that's an age old argument with Tavenier isn't it and a yeah. lot of modern day fullbacks that, uh, that's it you don't get a modern day fullback that focuses on defending no. nowadays you get guys like John Farragher who then does that job but he offers absolutely nothing going forward, so you so you don't want him in the team. But nah. when you're on like free kicks and penalties, he, he thinks about them. You know, I think he likes to get his stats up and get get amongst the goals, and he doesn't need to. You know, Tavernier, mm-hmm. think so. Yeah. Well, for that aspect, I um, doing what you're doing without worrying about getting on the score sheet. Yeah, that's just what how I feel sometimes. But he's got such a big engine, I don't think he's got a problem combining uh, his mm. attack duties with defensive duties. Uh, and he's definitely improved as a defender from two years ago, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I think a big thing as well is I think both of all of his mistakes have came while Ryan Jack hasn't been on the pitch. The 
obviously he was got injured against young boys and went off and then didn't play against Hearts. Mm-hmm. And both times he made huge mistakes where Rijak is always covering him as well. Yeah, that right hand side. Gives him that cover. Yeah. That, yeah, so again, it shows how important Rijak is. I mean, obviously, he probably may have made those mistakes anyway, but it does show how important Rijak is to just offer that bit of cover and a bit of confidence for uh, Tavernier as well. That is the beauty of a, a holding midfielder, isn't it? A shield for the defence. That is exactly what they're there for. To yeah. Provide that protection. And as you say, Ryan Jack really is coming into his own as possibly the best. F- Scottish player in that position. Early runner for player of the year for me. Yeah. I think he'd be amongst that. Aye. If he keeps this up, yeah. Aye, uh, hard to disagree with that. Unless the man we mentioned before, Morelos, is in the headlines for all sorts of reasons. That was goal number 20 for the season. Not quite sure of the assist ratio, but that certainly must yeah. be up in last season. Um, not for sale in January. Um, Stephen Gerrard insists he's not for sale in January. Now, Mark, was it yourself you, you, that found the quotes last week? Oh, no, it was, no, it it was our, our colleague Graham Young, sorry, yes. but I certainly read them. Morelos uh, quoted again in the press back home in Colombia saying, basically, to, to, what, that maybe January yeah. would be the time that, did he use the word hopefully? Maybe January would be the time that yeah, I... Yeah, if an offer came out. But I think since then as well, he's scored two goals. His cel- or scored a few goals, but his celebrations each time have been pointing to the badge and then pointing to the ground. Obviously, he points to the ground all the time when he scores. I don't know what that's all about, but pointing to the badge before it is almost like it. I've stayed here. Uh, and then also, Gerard said that as well. I don't like Rangers can afford to sell in January if they want to challenge for the title. Right. Uh, you're not going to get a replacement for him in January. Simple as that. Jermaine Defoe, as good as he is, is not Alfredo Morales. So he isn't somebody who's going to come in and score the same amount of goals, do the same amount of work. It's the work rate, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. off the where, else, where else creates chances for himself? Yeah. Defoe needs people around him creating them. And also with Ryan Kent there, he'll get more chances created for him, but if Ryan Kent's not playing, then it's a bit more of a worry for him. Whereas where else could just do it all himself and get the ball, he'll run 20 yards and smash it in the top corner. Mixed messages from the Colombian. He looks happy, but... It does look, oh, he's never looked happier and it's bizarre because it's since his best mucker, Daniel Candace, left. Yeah. I thought it was a real worry that he, he could go the other way and completely go into his shell. Yeah. But, um, I think it's forced him to come out of his shell a wee bit. Possibly. I think he's learned a wee bit more English. He's speaking to guys like Jermaine Defoe and George Jones seems to be quite close to him as well, going by Instagram accounts and all the rest of I it. I love but, the uh, Defoe-Morelos bromance. <laughs> Aye. I think it's Aye. brilliant. Two strikers. Pushing each other, it's yeah. what you love to see. Aye, but you can tell he's just loving his football. Like it's hilarious when he got subbed the other night, his face went down. I think in the Ross County game. So what made of that wasn't on the Defoe and Gerard sniggering and <laughs> the touchline. Yeah. I, I think they just played well. That was coming. It was a priceless moment to Aye. see that. But no, you can just tell he's just loving his football, and it's good to see. That is, uh, I think now that he's learning a bit more English, he could do to come out and do an interview and set the record straight exactly where his heart lies and what he's wanting from it. I mean, he's got so long left in his contract, he doesn't need to go anywhere or look to go anywhere anytime soon. I'm not soon. too bothered about him coming out and saying, I'm going to stay. I've uh, heard footballers say that before. Just keep scoring the goals, like for Rangers, and then that'll appease fans. He doesn't need to come out, in my opinion. Well, when January comes, I suppose yeah. that will be the, I, I the big test. Even Gerard wanted him to come out and say, because he was... Sick of the rumours constantly going about the speculation. That even Gerard said, "You know, I'm going to go get him." 
and he could come go forward well as stand or not. Is that a good point? Well, that's just another reason for wondering why he's going and done what he's done in the Colombian press yeah. <laughs> last week. Uh, I imagine he just maybe just feels a bit. It's probably similar to remember when Pochettino first went to Southampton. He didn't really feel comfortable speaking to the cameras and all the rest of it. I wonder if it's just a similar sort of thing where else. I mean, also he's been here three years now, but for two of those years he had Daniel Cadeus translating everything for him, so he didn't really need to learn English. Now he's probably been forced to a wee bit more. Yeah. So maybe you never know. He might end up coming out eventually. Right. Should an offer of twenty million or more come in in January? G- Stephen Gerrard says he is not for sale. You yourself, Callum, says they can't afford to sell him if they have any ambitions in the title this season. Oh, if they I, sell I can Morelos, understand where you're coming from. They sell Morelos, they won't win the league. That's a big statement. I can totally understand. It's a big statement, from. but I just hundred percent if they sell Morelos. Come on to financial results that um, were released last week. Another eleven point three million loss. Can they afford not to sell him? If the right sort of offer comes in at the right time, who's to say that offer won't ever come in again? I suppose that's the worry, isn't it? When you're on negative financial results and you get an offer of 20 plus million, Rangers have never sold a player like that. Is he maybe the link? Is he part of Rangers' plan to get out of these financial uh, negatives? So you never know. Gerrard came out and said he's not going to sell him, but football works in funny ways and sometimes if you get I just feel like if they got an offer that big it'd be hard for the board to turn down yeah I think that's it there's, I think there's two ways of looking at it if you're going at it with your head then it's impossible to turn down a 20 25 million pound offer for your Rangers but if you're Steven Gerrard or you're the fans you're desperate for him to stay till at least the summer because you know he's your biggest chance at stopping Celtic uh, yeah I don't think there's a rush to sell him I think we could wait till the summer. He'll definitely go in the summer, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying, though. If the big offer comes in in January, who's to say it would still be there in the summer? You don't know what's going to happen between January and May. I'm not yeah. trying to sell him, and obviously there's not been that offer yet. He might get through another window without an offer coming in, which would be music to Gerard's ears. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's been an actual offer. There was the rumours from China, but I never know what that was all about, really. It seems to be Crystal Palace that are... Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. main forefront of everything at the moment. They've certainly been watching them, haven't they? Because the Palace has asked the ball. Years, losses, year on year. Um, 30 million invested in players over the last three years. That's a, that's a big outlay. Um, turnover was up 63% to 53.2 million, but a lot more on uh, staff costs. Um, is that reason to worry here, Callum, do you think? I wouldn't be worried because I think... This is part of Rangers' long-term plan. Uh, you've got the Europa League money coming in, which you get £14 million from. You, they've got The main thing for them is they have real saleable assets on the football pitch now. You know, your Morelosis, your, even your Ryan Jacks. I know fans don't like to hear it, but it's the brutal nature of football. Uh, it's a business, and these players are worth lot, £20 million plus nowadays. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen in Scotland. Like, years ago, it used to be like you get £10 million at most for a player. But now uh, Rangers and Celtic have the right now to demand twenty million for these guys, especially if they're doing it in Europe. Which so takes I, me back. Sorry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly concerned uh, if I was a Rangers fan. Well, that takes me back to that point. Then, if that if a bid was to come in for Alfredo Morelos in January, you're saying yeah. that that is the reason why you wouldn't be concerned, as they have these assets on the part, which they undoubtedly do have now. 
but um, at some point they will have to sell. Yeah, it's a catch-25. The fans want to win the league, but they also want the club to run at a positive sort of financial aspect. Is that worse than a catch-22? <laughs> <laughs> you got 25 million stuck <laughs> in your feet. Aye, that was the 25 million. <laughs> nah, but it is. It's, uh, yeah, so it's both sides of the coin, really. Aye. Mark, what would you think? Did he... What, what was your initial reaction when you saw those figures coming out on Friday? I suppose when we heard the figures were coming out, you'd expect there'd be another loss there, given the, the, the yeah, money th- that's been spent in the squad. I think they were to be expected. Uh, I A couple of years ago, Dave King said that as well, that Rangers would lose a lot of money until they got back to where they needed to be. Where the now, like Cal says, they've got the players to make up for that shortfall. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Scottish football isn't going to make the kind of money that English football is from TV deals and all the rest of it, so they need to sell players down south to Spain to wherever they're going to sell them to. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think from a Rangers point of view, they're worried, but they're not too worried. They're not going to cause an implosion like 2012. I don't think they're not that sort of figures. They're figures that are easily, easily managed. Well, the they said they need £10 million by the end of the season. Now, yeah, constantly it seems to be soft loans being turned into into shares. Is that? I think that that ten million pound though is is, is it not? It's more based on players on transfer fees and stuff. So it's not going to be recurring fees that are every season. They need that ten million to just get to the end of the year. Well, there has to be a turning point, doesn't there? There has to be yeah. a point where the the losses um, become profit. Realistically, you can't keep banking on Europa League investment and continual investor backing. You can't really do that long term unless you increase the revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play ourselves commercial, Europa League, Champions League, uh, prizes from domestic. That, that isn't. I wouldn't say you could bank on that long term. I think the concern for Rangers fans, if they don't win the league in the next what, five years, they might have to change strategy and start selling their main assets, which would obviously weaken their team. Five years is a long time. I think that's going yeah. to happen anyway. The Rangers are going to have to sell their main assets. Oh, totally. Whether they win the league or not, they're going to have to sell their main assets over the next couple of years. The only reason Celtic didn't post the loss was because of the sales of the likes of uh, Dembele and Tierney over the last couple of years. So is this a model? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's a model Rangers will have to follow, and I suppose every club in Scotland. I think I think it pretty follow. much is the model they are following as well. They've just not quite got that sale yet. That was that. There was oh, there was the failure to move on the so-called bomb squad as well, which didn't help. Yeah, so. Th- like so, was like Graham Dorans, etc. They all had to get paid off at the end, Aye. or set out on loads. Where Rangers will still be paid a big part of their wages, or have to pay their wages up in full. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. I mean, the turnover of the Rangers squad over the last three, four years has just been ridiculous. Uh, still got Grez on the books. Yeah. yeah, who's doing a job for the coach? To be He's fair, <laughs> back in there, back right. in the goals. Yeah, maybe he could get a game. A Lazarus like rise. Yeah, Grezda. Be surprised at that, but. Uh, Definitely surprised at that. That'd be a story, <laughs> but Gresda came back from the cold. Right, a few massive games coming up this. What a, what a huge few days. Um, couldn't really be more contrasting either. Porto at home, another glamour European night in Ibro- at Ibrox under the lights. Huge, huge game um, and huge expectation after the, the brilliant draw over in Porto, followed by a trip to the Plastic next weekend to face Livingston again. Um, and we'll know what happened there at the start of last season. Right, let's start with Thursday night. Um, you confident in this one, Mark? Uh, I think Rangers should be confident. Uh, obviously, they got that result over in Portugal. Uh, 
at Porto's goal that night. And pretty much the only time they threatened the Rangers' goal, apart from two shots at the end, was that goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came from it came from a mistake from Ryan Jack, but also nine times out of ten that shot ends up out of the stadium. Doesn't even get close to the top corner. Uh, it was just an unbelievable hit. When for the rest of the game, I think Rangers dominated that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they had the chance with Morelos that forced the great save by the keeper as well. But uh, then the two McGregor saves at the end. But I just think Rangers playing at home at Ibrox with that crowd behind them in Europe, it's always an unbelievable atmosphere when Rangers are at home at Ibrox in the Europa League or Champions League back in the day. I'm confident for Rangers to... I think Rangers couldn't have this game a better time. The squad's fully fit. Uh, they're in great form. Porto aren't doing the best. Porto are going to have to start winning. They've got three games now yeah. or they're out of this competition. I um, think Rangers should, should send blood. Favorites. They went away over there, produced a fantastic performance. I think Rangers should be really excited with this game, you know. It's going to be an absolute cracker, yeah. isn't it? What, what an occasion again. Yeah. You know, Champions League, okay, that's and I think this squad Europa League's every bit. For me, Europa League's every bit is glamorous at the you moment. Go, you go to the Champions League and you get beat. Six Aye. games out of six, probably. You might get the odd draw at home. Mm-hmm. You go into the Europa League, you've got a real chance of actually doing something. And I mean, it's not like they're not big names. You're exactly. Facing. You've got Porto, who are a Champions League quarterfinals last year. Uh, Feyenoord are a massive club. Yep. And uh, Young boys have done well in Champions League in yeah. years gone by as well. Also, they're not the same name as Feyenoord as Porto, but it's still good to get clubs like that coming to Ibrox and seeing Rangers compete with them. We spoke about it after the Portal game before, it's the first time in a long time I've seen Rangers go to an away European game against a team like that and actually go toe-for-toe with them. Normally, even you look back at Walter Smith's time, he was so successful, but it was backs to the wall. It, was, it wasn't yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, Rangers genuinely look like they yeah, can actually compete at that level. Really encouraging performance away to Porto, and the goal was fantastic. Aye. It really was a top-drawer goal, but I just think... The Rangers team will be buoyed as well by getting to the first well, final. I don't see how we can really change that eleven for Thursday night. I know he's got options galore, but he might he maybe bring Arfield in. Ojo drop out, you think? Yeah. Maybe just to tie up the one change you could Although, possibly make. But Ojo's actually playing quite well, you know. I think just wonder about his end product sometimes, but I thought he looked yeah. quite direct. I, I think we see over there as well that Gerard clearly thinks that pace could cause the problems. That's mm-hmm. why he went with Parker and Kent that night. Mm-hmm. So whether Arfield maybe come back into midfield as an option. For, but yeah, that's it. All three midfielders have played brilliantly. Kamara maybe. I think he would be the the option, but Gerard clearly likes him in Europe as well because he's so calm with the ball. Great some, of, yeah. as well. some of these teams as well, they can melt under the atmosphere and it's going to be rocking at Ibrox on Thursday. Aye. And Rangers are just a team right now brimming with confidence. So if they get an early goal, could be a good result. Explosive. For rocking Ibrox to just... Rocky, Almondvale, Tony Macaroni, Rigatoni. It's the fixture no one wants. Aye, <laughs> the spaghetti had. It's not even funny anymore. But <laughs> um, aye, difficult, difficult, different uh, proposition altogether. And as we saw in the Betfred Cup quarterfinal, uh, never easy. Yeah, I think you just want to get there. Uh, I get think the job. Rangers done, fans would take a like a horrible performance to watch but a 1-0 win of course it'd be a really game for now at the end of the oh. season but especially this one yeah I just think they've had a warning watching what happened to Celtic mm-hmm. so I hope they've just took note of that and realised what they're in for aye I'm sure Gerard will make that point I'll be interested to see what happens with Halander in this game as well because obviously he was 
that was his worst performance in a Rangers top by a long aye. way that night. He's lucky he wasn't sent off. He just couldn't deal it was with... all over the shot, wasn't he? Yeah, you even see that at the end of that game, Gerrard appeared to be coaching them at the side, whereas they obviously talked about the plastic pitch and the bounce mm-hmm. and how you need to take a step back when it bounces. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting just to see whether he goes with him again or maybe brings Katic back in to try to deal with the threat of... What the dates I cause think for this very reason he's got to leave Helander in to prove a point for for the player himself to prove a point to everyone that he has now settled. But then with with so many games coming up as well, it's easy for Gerard just to say he was rotating to keep players fit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we said earlier that uh, Rangers have between not now but after these this run of games after the Arsenal break from the twenty eighth of November they've got nine games before the winter break. Expect the squad to start getting used now. Crazy, crazy about that, the fixtures. These signings, isn't it? Yeah. Rangers, what you, you'd mentioned earlier, actually, Mark. Rangers nine, Celtic ten. Rangers nine, Celtic ten. As always, yeah. a pivotal month when the the title race battle, whatever you want to call it, yeah. really does crunch up again. Doesn't Rangers it? did do well in December last year. I think they had seven games in the league, three wins, three draws, and a defeat to Aberdeen at the start drop points away to Dundee drop points at Hibs uh, I think St Johnson might be the other game mm-hmm. uh, didn't win any of the two Europa League games that they played in either so it wasn't a great month for them but they need to get much better this year and deal with that and I think that's why Gerrard's built the bigger squad say that we've said it yeah. time and again hasn't he yeah, it's quite obvious that last year they didn't have the options you weren't bringing on Umar Sadiq for Alfredo Morales the way you would Jermaine Defoe for him now yeah uh, You've got so guys like Andy King who haven't even kicked a ball forget yet. about Andy King? Greg yeah. Doherty. He's not been in the squad all season. Aye. Huge, huge guys options. like that. Yeah, I think uh, you'll see a lot more of them over the next couple of months. Do you think so? Months. There's no danger these I don't think, guys could get cut off now. I, I don't think you you'll, you'll see them in from the start. At the moment, but I don't think you'll see them in from the start, but I think you might see them as options on the bench for a bit of fitness. Aye. Just to rest players if things are going well. Aye, if they get two or three goals up because... I, Especially Andy King, he's going to be sadly, badly, sorry, missing um, match fitness. Yeah, definitely. You know, sharpness. Yeah, you even see that a few weeks ago when Rangers played Hamilton, they ended up bringing on Matt Polster and Jamie Murphy, who've barely kicked the ball. It was clearly just to get rest. Aye. Rested all their players. Uh, you've got George Edmondson to come in. You've got John Flanagan, even Andy Halliday. There's plenty of options there to bring people in to rest players if they need to be, but... Obviously, they need to get games won first. You're right about how crucial this period is, though. Uh, and another thing that just makes it more crucial this season is this cup final. I really think who wins that would just get such a psychological boost. We've seen it in the past. I just think it, that is a massive game. For Big, Rangers especially. Bigger the for Rangers. Momentum. If they stop this run of Celtic's, what, nine successive trophies? Yeah then they might be going some way to stop nine in a row. Yeah, and just the belief it would give the team yeah. to win that trophy. Likewise, if Celtic were to win it, then that would just be... Gerrard's first trophy as a manager, it could be as well. Yeah, aye. That's yeah the psychological blow of losing that final could be massive as well. Obviously, winning it is going to be huge, but when you lose it, you'll think back to that Graham Worthy 3-2 game at Ibrox, uh-huh. where uh, Rangers were brilliant that day. In fact, I think Gerrard was in the director's box that day as well. And uh, scored early, looked like they were going to do something. Red card happened, and they just fell apart after that. Right. And I, I don't think they won for the next five or six weeks. And that's the worry if I this squad now is like much more mentally though. strong, but it's a worry that they've not been tested like that. So you'd see what happens. I think you're right. The psychological blow of losing that final could be heavier or more. 
telling than the, the, the boost the confidence of winning the thing. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there'd be a collapse like what happened under Marty, though. I don't, I don't think it would be as bad as that, but obviously I'd Celtic... Gerard once again beat happen. Rangers would like, then see Celtic boosted again to think we've got them whereas Rangers then need to fight back for that so it's it's always going to be a worry if they lose that game brilliant guys well one thing for sure it's going to be absolutely explosive in Mount Florida next month but before then we've got the, that exciting tie with Portal coming up of course on Thursday and don't forget you can follow all the build up to that one and the live blog of course at dailyrecord.co.uk but that's all from us for now thanks very much to the guys for coming on if you want to continue the debate you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well we'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening. Hanging on the edge of the wire, hanging on the edge of desire.